0: To the fifth episode of UIT number The Amazing Race 32 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Armstrong, and joining me as always is the Canadian who is so mean, even when he's helping people, Logan Saunders.
1: Good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon. Michelle has not joined us this week because of her, you know, sweary outburst last week.
1: Yeah, she's uh, getting her mouth rinsed with soap as we speak. Once she's cleaned up and out of her penalty box, so to speak, Uh, she'll be back on this podcast. But for now, she's really been. She's really been hung out to dry for her potty mouth on behalf of the cast.
0: Yep, she will be back for episode six, and I'm sure she's seething inside because we've not even invited her this week after uh, after the swear she dropped last week.
1: Yeah, actually, we kind of had to be sneaky with recording this because I don't think she, I don't think she's even aware that we're recording this right now. So, uh, Michelle, if you're listening, we're we're sorry that we're we're doing this without
0: you. Yeah and I'm really really sorry for taking that clip last week out of context so much and definitely not adding it into my pile for the uh, for the inevitable face cream clip that's coming in a few weeks.
1: Yeah and that's just the aired stuff like people who listen to the last podcast don't even know what didn't make it to air. It was it was like a, a Lisa Lampanelli
0: rant. It was pretty abusive towards me let's be honest. I've still not recovered. So, previously, eight teams raced to Asuncion in Paraguay, Leo and Alana confronted James and Will after their U-turn, but the alliance of five continued helping each other, leading to James and Will winning the leg. Gary and D'Angelo stumbled, but it was Caelan and Hayley who were saved from elimination. And teams must now fly to Paris in France and drive themselves to the Domaine de Chantilly. And it's James and Will leaving at 1.41am, with Michelle and Vic at 1.55, Leo and Alana at 2.35, Riley and Madison at 2.39, Aparna and Ishwar at 311 and then everyone else after that, we have no idea when.
1: Yeah, they weren't too generous with the departure times this week.
0: No, inevitable. Harmstone ran insert here. I love her departure time, especially last week, given we know that Kaylin and Haley checked in super late. I want to know how late.
1: Yeah. Uh, it was kind of interesting when Michelle and Victoria left the pit stop, because they read they were going to Paris, and they're like, oh wow, we live in the south, so we go to Paris, Texas all the time.
0: It's not that far across the Louisiana border, really, for them.
1: No, we go from the Pelican State to, I don't know, know, what's the state nickname for Texas? I don't even know. You've you've been there, Michael. You've been to Texas, but I haven't. I don't know how the hell that happened.
0: Is it not the Longhorn
1: State? The The Longhorn State? Yeah, it could be. I mean, we have a...
0: Oh, of course it is. It's Lone Star. Lone Star State. Yeah, I know. I know. As soon as you said Longhorn, I'm
1: like, I'm pretty sure it's Lone Star. But I want to go with it because the bar that most of my friends go to in town is the Longhorn. And I was going to say that the owners are from Paris, Texas.
0: Lone Star off of Amazed, obviously. How did I not get that?
1: Lone Star sounds like the name of an action hero.
0: Lone Star is a uh, a country band, most famous for uh, songs including "Amazed."
1: I don't know the band. I don't know the song, nor do I care for it.
0: You will probably recognize the song if you ever inevitably Google this.
1: Well, we're learning all. This is very educational. We got to make up for Trebek's passing uh, earlier. That we got to we got to come up with all this information that people weren't exactly aware, aware about.
0: How sad was the news that Alex Trebek's died?
1: Uh, it was pretty depressing. It's fairly high up there in terms of celebrity deaths that people are allowed to be invested in. Yes, I care about. Because, I mean, celebrities die all the time now. I remember reading something a couple of years ago saying, hey, ever since celebrityism has really picked up since the 30s or 40s... uh Inevit- inevitably all of these people are going to start dying off pretty quick and that's certainly been the case the past three or four years. Granted, Chadwick Boseman was way, way, way before his time.
0: Yeah, Alex Trebek, even though everyone knew he was on Death door, and even though everyone knew that one of these days we were just going to find out randomly during an afternoon like today that um, that he did die, it's it's still really sad. Especially as Literally two weeks ago, he filmed Up to Christmas. His final show is Christmas Day.
1: Oh, wow. We've
0: got about five weeks left of, of Alex Trebek as we record this.
1: Let's see, so there'll be a new episode tomorrow. They'll probably do a tribute, I'm sure, either before or after.
0: And he didn't even get to leave on his own terms either, because he said that when it was his final, final show and he knew about it, he was going uh, to do a speech at the end. And as far as I'm aware, he didn't finish the Christmas Day episode with a speech. And the thing is they're gonna they're gonna have to pick a new host fairly soon because, you know, they need to get recording again. They're only about five weeks ahead.
1: Yeah. Well uh, Jeopardy's usually months and months ahead, right?
0: Yeah. Unsurprisingly, it was because of COVID.
1: Yeah. And I find it bizarre though that him and Sean Connery died the same week.
0: I was actually watching Celebrity Jeopardy earlier. The uh the one with Chase the Seaman.
1: Was it a newer one?
0: Uh that was two thousand and thirteen.
1: Okay, that would be newer in my books. <laughs> Anyways, back to happier days on the race where we go off to Paris, not Paris, Texas, Michelle and Victoria.
0: And um it's fair to say that we do love a self-drive leg on this podcast. And this was a pretty fun self-drive leg. Yeah, did you
1: know what movie they got to watch on the flight to Paris?
0: Well, it would have been 2018, but it depends on the airline, because if it was Air Canada, it would have been a silent movie, given, you know, Canada's backwards.
1: Actually, it was It was highly inappropriate. It was One Night in Paris, is what they showed. Yeah.
0: Current. Interesting.
1: There's car, It was sponsored by Carl's Jr.
0: So the first car theme thing we have to talk about is, of course, James and Will struggling to even get out of the car park.
1: It was interesting that last week they showed them practicing balancing bottles on their head in preparation for this task. Uh, this week, when Will and James said, oh, we know, how, we know how to drive a stick, they showed footage of them at, a, at like an arcade. You know how a lot of arcades have the go-karts? So they showed Will and James practicing driving those around. Be like, well, we, we could drive around go-karts, so I'm sure we're prepared for any self-drive leg on The Amazing Race.
0: Little did he know.
1: Yeah, I was surprised that Will could fit into a go kart with his uh, six foot six frame. That's not easy.
0: I am quite surprised he kept in the bit where he was just harassing the children who were doing the go karting with him, though. Because he was very aggressive on that race course.
1: Yeah, he was throwing green shells, he was throwing red shells. Uh, James was actually eating a banana, and after he finished ba- the banana, he just randomly threw it behind him. What a dick.
0: It was pretty impressive how he brought his own chain chomps there.
1: Yeah, just guiding him through the laps. I mean, where where do you even find chain chomps? Is that is that hidden somewhere in the AfterBuzz TV dungeon? I don't know.
0: What can I say? Everything is bigger in Texas, including the selection of power ups in the real life Mario Kart.
1: Yeah, just talking about this makes me full of question mark boxes. I'm
0: so confused. So the first four teams are on a flight landing at 7.50am, and the other four are landing at 8.05am. 15 minutes? That's just dumb. It is, because it very well could have happened that the second flight could have overtaken the first flight.
1: Yeah, 15 minutes is such a minor delay. I mean, you and I have both done lots of international travel, and itineraries fluctuate quite a bit, even when you're in the air and depart on time.
0: Yeah, I think between us, we've easily covered 50 countries now. At least. If there's anyone who knows about travelling internationally, it's probably the two of us. Yeah. And the problem is, as much as I celebrate them finally being on separate flights, it, it is pretty much as close as you can get to everyone being on the same flight without everyone being on the same flight.
1: Yeah, they'll probably see each other in the queues when they line up to go through customs.
0: So Will struggles to get out of first gear... And sadly for Michelle and Vic, and Leo and Alana, they are stuck behind him. And Leo ends up running out to help them.
1: Yeah, and he actually drives, starts driving them backwards towards the top of the car park and says, here you go, yeah, that's, that'll do it for you.
0: Who'd have thought that uh, that Leo would have done his stunt driving course though, because he did manage to uh, to handbrake turn into that parking space very well. It was an impressive show.
1: Yeah, he was actually. Uh, they talked about it in the confessional, but Leo was and was one of the stunt drivers on Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. That's that's what he did to help get by to pay for his education. His Harvard, his Harvard education was subsided by being a stunt driver in Fast and the Furious. It's a it's a highly unusual combination.
0: I really don't get what the what they're playing at with Leo and Alana and James and Will's feud as well because. It's just a weirdly told story. I don't think either of those teams really hate each other, but it's just it's just really odd how they seem to be hanging the entire season on James and Will versus Leo and Alana and the five person alliance and no other storyline.
1: And they don't even do any like they don't do any major insults towards each other. The biggest thing we've heard is I think this episode, maybe it was one of the CBS.com on Airclips, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but Will calls Leo and Alana doo-doo heads. That's as far as we get with this.
0: And I mean, after this episode where Leo and Alana essentially get their revenge, where's that storyline going to go from here? Because, I mean, James and Will go home at the end of this episode, but I just kind of don't understand the point of the entire storyline. It's just kind of a a bit of a letdown in the end that Leo and Alana get their revenge and then James and Will don't go home because of that U-turn anyway.
1: I mean, editors haven't done as great of a job as they did compared to earlier seasons the storyline doesn't just kind of hits a dead end here i mean it's almost like big brother you know how big brother the episodes air live so they just make up the storylines as they go because it's the storylines really shift week to week and they try to hang on to suspected storylines there long term but with here with amazing race they have no excuse because they know how it all plays out ahead of time and they should be able to sculpt a cohesive storyline and the fact that there's such an odd ending to this that doesn't quite line up to the events before it, that's, that's editor shitting the bed on that one, I would say.
0: Essentially, the storyline hits more of a dead end than Will does when he's driving.
1: Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that's all they hit. I'm glad they didn't hit like the side of the building or drive into the Eiffel Tower.
0: So, when teams get to the chateau, they find out that it is a pre-detour U-turn. Ooh.
1: Oh, that's going to upset the fans online.
0: And even worse, it's a switchback detour. So in the grounds of the chateau, they do have to face a switchback detour, so it is a switchback to Paraguay's detour, which was stack your melons or use your melon. In the first ever switchback to a previous leg, teams have to choose between stacking a 10x10 pyramid of melons or balancing wine bottles filled with wine on their heads as they try and do a dance.
1: Don't they make it a little bit tougher, Michael, since they know the teams would have had experience with this?
0: Yeah, so they fill the wine bottles with actual wine, and the bottles are actual wine bottles this time, rather than sugar glass.
1: Oh, that'd be tougher, because that'd be heavier. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and also really messy, because everyone gets a lot of Bordeaux wine on their heads.
1: Yeah. Sock for blue. At least, it was funny when Michelle and Victoria land in Paris, they started speaking in Spanish to all of the locals. When they were asking for help with directions and all, they just said, oh, you know, gracias, gracias, senor.
0: Yeah, it's that one chance to actually speak French and they don't even take it. No.
1: Yeah, that was a bit of a... That was, yeah, they're, they're just really mixed up geographically, I think. Uruguay is in Africa, Paris is in Texas, which it is, kind of, but they should have known that they were going to paris france yeah do you think they, they th- do you think that they they spoke spanish because they thought they were in texas which has a high spanish speaking population and they just never caught on
0: yeah they they just genuinely thought that they were um they'd flown back to texas
1: and maybe they thought that because texas has had talked about seceding a long time ago maybe they thought to- texas had seceded to europe so when they were looking at the flight path on the maps That they thought Texas just happened to be in Europe because they separated from the rest of the United States.
0: I think it's quite telling that uh, Michelle and Vic watched a lot of Amazing Race Canada before this season because they just thought that it was an actual Amazing Race thing to go back to their home country for a few legs at a time.
1: Yeah, they'd fit right in. Then they get to spend six rounds in BC and Ontario.
0: So Riley and Madison are the first to the U-turn board, they choose not to U-turn. And then, thanks to helping Will and James, Leo and Alana are second to the U-turn board, and they u turn the shit out of Will and James.
1: Yeah, Brent and Katie style.
0: I really hope that the mean old lesbians don't, um, don't harass them at the finish line.
1: Yeah. What was really interesting, too, is that when they showed the detour, Will and James said, oh, we have experience to this, and they showed footage from the very last leg when Will and James balanced the bottles on their head. We prepared for this.
0: So yeah, Leo and Alana, you turn the shit out of them, and James and Will have to do both sides of the detour. And it's fair to say the rest of the cast are pretty shocked that uh, Leo and Alana gave them a bit of revenge.
1: Yeah, you just wouldn't expect that from them.
0: Now, even though Leo and Alana did confront them on the boat, even though they said they weren't going to, I think everyone was a bit shocked that the, the mild-mannered nerd team actually uh, did something that aggressive.
1: Yeah, and and actually saying that they are going to U-turn the shit out of Will and James in the eyesight, or earshot, of Will and James too. Because it was a bit of a scramble with them all all getting there. Even though Will and James were very bad at driving a stick, they just managed to just speed their way through the streets of Paris to get there at roughly the same time. I mean, once they're going, they're going.
0: So, to be honest, not a lot happens in this detail because everyone's done these tasks before. James and Will are obviously... Fuming that they got U turned,
1: yeah. Like they really they smash a lot of watermelons. You thought they were Gallagher, and then we don't hear much from Ishwar and Aparna. I mean, all they did was say something, something engineering, something, something engineering, 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 engineering. It was like it was like watching an episode of Pokemon where the Pokemon are only capable of saying the one word over and over again. That's kind of what what it was with Ishwar and Aparna. They didn't really have a cohesive confessional. Maybe they're robots. Maybe they're robots.
0: And yet somehow they still win this leg.
1: Which we'll get to later. That was that was a historic finish at the pit stop.
0: So it is uh Ishwar and Apana who leave the detour in first. Engineering. Yeah. Thanks to their engineering experience. And teams must now drive themselves to the centre of Paris and find the Pont des Arts to get their next clue. Caution double death yield ahead.
1: I know, it's a new twist out of the Masonry. They're really switching things up this season. I mean, if you thought the hourglasses wasn't enough, I mean, this double deaf yield is very surprising because when teams get to the yield board, they just have to put on headphones and yell really loudly as to who they're going to yield. And then the other team, once they get yielded, have to put on headphones and wait for the sand to run out, and they're not allowed to speak.
0: It's a twist that we never thought we would see on a U-turn or a yield.
1: I think main, the main thing with the headphones is that because of how things could get, how heated things could get between Leon and Alon and Will and James, that so they put on headphones that they can't hear how insulting the other person is being. And then the teams can really just unleash all of their rage when they yield somebody to, so they put on the headphones and they can't hear themselves with the vitriol that's coming out of their own mouths.
0: It was probably for the best that Leo and Alana chose to do the bottle dance and weren't there when uh, Will and James were, because I suspect Will and James would have just been lugging wine bottles at the heads.
1: Well, look at well, even last episode when Leo and Alana smashed each other's heads, Eric and Jeremy style, with bottles. So it wouldn't be too much of a stretch for her. if if they're willing to do that to each other, I am sure they're going to do that to other to another team, and that other team is Will and James, and they are definitely pissed off and may even initiate it to begin with.
0: So, Ishwar and Aparna decide not to use it just yet.
1: Yeah, they said engineering, 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 and then they ran off. Did you hear about the unearned clip when Gary and D'Angelo got to the to the double yield board producer? So somebody in production, they were all sharing. I guess they had this kind of like smorgasbord with all all these different uh, Parisian dishes. Like they had lots of cheese, lots of olives. And then there was, of course, some baguettes, which we'll get to with the speed bump. And Gary was just so hungry that after they chose not to yield, or rather, we choose not to yield, which was just hilarious to see each team yelling it really loudly. Except for part of where, of course, who just said engineering quietly and mumbled it. Uh Gary and D'Angelo, or especially Gary, he just started eating all the food that was meant for the production crew and they had to physically restrain them, which was just hilarious. I think this was just on the CBS.com website too, where they're like, Gary, no, this is for the crew. Do you know how exhausting this has been? Do you remember how long Phil Kogan had to wait for for Kaelin and Haley at the end of the last leg? You know, you gotta you gotta control yourself, man. You had so you had enough food on the plane. And then he's like, back off, I'm starving. So that was that
0: was a weird scene to see play out. So once teams have passed the Death Yield board, they then find out that it is a roadblock, which is who wants to have their cake and eat it. And in this roadblock, one team member must eat the raw ingredients that are used in making a cake, which is flour, an egg, oil, sugar, baking soda, and cocoa powder. And once they finish everything, they also have to eat a wickless edible candle and once they complete their meal, they will receive their next clue.
1: Yeah, this was actually a real task. Which season was this from, Michael, and Hammerotts?
0: Weirdly, this was, as Logan said, a switch back to a Hammerotts task, which was uh, in Hammerotts 3, Leg 5, where uh, it appeared as one side of a detour, which was Cotton Candy on Marie Antoinette.
1: Yeah, this was this was actually a real task. We can't emphasize that enough.
0: Yeah, and apparently in that uh, that task they were just told they would be eating a cake. They were not told they'd have to eat the uh, components of a cake and uh, they would all be raw. Yeah,
1: at least this task will be slightly easier for Kayla and Haley since they're only going to have to make small cakes. Uh,
0: so how do you think you would have done with this uh, this challenge?
1: I guess, yeah, we didn't have to talk about how, we, how well we do at the detour since we just talked about that uh, last week. Uh, so... I don't know. I think I, I wouldn't do so well with this. Uh, that's definitely something that I'd make. Uh, that I'd make Ryan do. Yeah, or just or just whoever or just whichever teammate I have that's not me.
0: It's not your thing to be eating uh, a raw candle, is it? So, so it is. Madison, Ishwar, Leo, D'Angelo, Chi, James, Michelle, and Kaylin doing this roadblock, and there is a fair bit of retching, understandably, when they have to eat wax.
1: Yeah, at least it's Parisian wax. Like, you have to really eat it with a bit of elegance to it, but these teams, the way they ate it was not so elegant.
0: Yeah, although one person did say it's not the worst thing they've ever put in their mouth. Can you remember who that was, Logan?
1: Uh, Oh, I wrote that quote down somewhere, but I forgot who said it.
0: So, a partner does manage to to leave in first, and teams must now head to the steps of uh, Notre Dame Cathedral, and uh, that is their overnight rest point because it's getting a little bit late in Paris now, and they can't have them wandering around in the evening.
1: Yeah, it can be be quite dangerous in Paris, so yeah, they really want to just group everybody together. However, beforehand, we have a speed bump to get through.
0: We do, yes, because at the overnight rest point, Kaylin and Hayley do find their speed bump board.
1: Yeah, it was underneath one of their pillows, and they find out that they have to deliver a baguette to a Quasimodo lookalike.
0: And they also are only allowed to speak in German for the rest of the leg.
1: Yeah, it's just it's, you know, that high German speaking population just outside of the Notre Dame Cathedral. And it was kind of funny when Kaelin and Haley were delivering the baguettes because they were just going up to any old man who was walking that had a hunchback. So they're like, Oh, here you here's your baguette, sir. And then they'd be like he'd be like, Oh no, no, that's that's too big to be my baguette. And then they would just have to keep walking through. And then eventually, while all the teams are resting, they deliver the baguette to the Quasimodo lookalike. And they're redirected back to the overnight rest point. And then we're up for one of the most exciting dashes to the pit stop we've ever seen. And it's going to be even tougher because all the teams have been helping each other all throughout this leg. And... I think they all agreed to check into the pit stop at the same time together as one unit, because their theory was if we all check in together, Bill can't eliminate any of us.
0: You're also forgetting the other important bit of the overnight rest period, which is James and Will shouting at Leo and Alana for screwing them over.
1: Yeah, and they still have to wear those same headphones for some reason. No no one remember they just became a part of their outfit that no one remembered to take them off. Maybe that's why the old men were really pissed off when Kaylin and Haley were delivering the baguettes because they thought they were talking in a normal voice, but really they were just screaming at the at the older men walking around.
0: Yeah, and it was just the middle of the night in uh, in central Paris and everyone was just like, fermé bouche, fermé bouche. And they're like, we can't even speak anything other than German. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, too bad Michelle and Victoria didn't get to do this speed bump because they would have understood what they were saying.
0: So at sunrise, Quasimodo runs around, waving his bell around, and gives them their next clue, which is to head around the cathedral to the pit stop for this leg of the race. The last team to check in may be eliminated.
1: So this was just crazy, because they all they all just try to step onto the mat at the exact same time, and then producers are like, oh, we got to find a way to figure out who was actually last to touch the mat. So when they were looking at the footage... Uh, D'Angelo, believe it or not, did a backflip onto the mat, and during his hang time, he was the last one to touch his foot on the mat. That was a, It was the worst possible time for D'Angelo to be a show-off on The Amazing Race.
0: But the even worse thing is, later on, Phil's still standing there just because he, he likes to stand behind Notre Dame Cathedral and uh, and watch people, and then has to bring James and Will back. For probably the most controversial elimination ever.
1: Yeah, it really shows. This elimination really shows the times that we live in. Um, go ahead, Michael. Tell us. Tell us the tragic news.
0: So James and Will are called back, and obviously because this was filmed during during 2018 when COVID wasn't really a thing, they find out that uh, Will has tested positive and that they are immediately eliminated from the race.
1: Yeah, you can't. You can't. I mean. I'm sure the other teams were pissed off because hey, they all just landed on the pit stop together, so that might have been a bit of a super spreader of an event. But yeah, it's really disappointing that the biggest super fans are going home because they contracted COVID. You know, I mean, none, none of the teams were wearing masks throughout the whole five episodes. I don't know what they were expecting to have happen. Somebody's gonna get it at some point. And Bert- Bertram's not getting any younger. Bertram's eighty years old now.
0: Yeah, and the, and the worst thing is that they were then sent to Illumination Station in Wuhan.
1: Yeah, they they got to stay on a pangolin farm in Wuhan, I believe.
0: So yeah, Aparna and Ishua do win the leg, and they win a trip for two from Travelocity to Paris, France.
1: And, and that they must use tonight. Yeah. And they get to go do a tour of a, I think, of an engineering campus, actually. Which, they, which was the most excited I've ever seen a team about a prize ever.
0: It's quite an adventure for them, really.
1: Yeah, they got to walk three blocks, and there they were using up their big prize. Normally, producers would have to fly people out to Paris to use up their prize. But like, hey, you know what would save us a lot of money is just the prices that we give out for these holiday destinations. Why not just use it at the same at the same destination as the current pit stop? That's that's lights they save on. They've already got the accommodations used for the racers. I mean, it it just makes sense. It's I mean, it's some people think it's a it's another ridiculous way to chip away at the uh at the budget but hey if that keeps us going with some of the other tasks uh throughout the season and maybe uh destinations that are tougher to get to i'm really all for it michael
0: it's quite interesting how they uh, they also got the slap up meal at chez Macdo, which is a uh, a new french restaurant
1: yeah and uh, did you hear about the unaired fast forward that nobody decided to take uh, for this episode, Michael? So there was a fast forward at La Grande Rue du Fromage, which is a major landmark. Uh, it's it's kind of another switchback, so to speak. You know, in season one, how they the first, I think the first route marker in Paris in season one was La Grande Rue. Well, right next to it, they built a slightly smaller version of it right next to it called Le Grand Rue du Fromage. And then teams would be strapped in and have to do, I think, 50 rotations. And uh, the each rotation gets a little bit faster. And I guess the cheese force, I mean, the G force, really picks up. And then once they finish, they get their next clue. However, the stench that. Clings to you was enough to deter teams from uh, trying to do this task because that I mean you're trying to hire a taxi and suddenly you smell like fromage. No taxi driver is going to want to take you.
0: No, and they did have to uncover the fast forward clue by picking up cheese sticks as they went upside down as well.
1: Yes, which was of course another switchback to the season three episode nine fast forward with John Devito and Jill in Switzerland. Because it was like a smaller wheel of cheese to uncover where to go, which was kind of clever by production. Maybe that's what Gary was looking for. I th- I think that makes sense now that Gary was trying to, he thought that the clue, fast forward clue was underneath the food for production when really it was underneath that small, that small circle of cheese uh, right next to it that was marked with the race flag. But Gary just saw food. He's like, oh, I got to eat this shit. So he did. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, classic Gary.
0: So do you want to uh, eulogize James and Will? A legacy, I would say, is far shorter than anyone really expected.
1: Yeah, they had all these major storylines set up, they won, like, three and four, and then, I don't know what they were thinking. They really took the alliances too far. I mean, they included Leo and Alana in their own alliance going into the pit stop.
0: Yeah, and Leo and Alana U-turned them on this leg.
1: Yeah, like, it's so weird that you know, that Will and James U-turn them, and then Leo helped them with the uh, the stick shift, and then they they U-turn each other, they yield each other, and then they're still friendly to each other. And they check into the pit stop. They're friendly to each other on social media. You know what is this shit? You know, I mean, I'm glad that that they had a speedy recovery from COVID. I'm surprised that only one of them got it, but not the not the other, which was kind of odd. Um, of course, now they're. I assume they both wear masks regularly. They're really, really educated people about COVID, I think, since the race happened. I, oh, actually, this is very interesting. Uh, so when they were in Wuhan uh, at the pangolin farm, uh, they actually got sent uh, masks made of garbage from Paraguay. They, they Not only do they make uh, instruments out of garbage, but also but also masks and other other little accessories so they 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 heard about will and james and said uh let's you know let's send them some masks made out of garbage so they did very inspiring
0: i think james said on on twitter that um the reason that he didn't officially get covered is because he was asymptomatic
1: oh that oh so he tested positive but he wasn't like coming down with any symptoms that makes sense because no one really yeah that's the tricky thing with covid
0: so <laughs> so next time Teams head to Berlin, alliances crumble, we get more terrible driving skills, and Hung falls apart.
1: Yep. Yeah, well, who knows who'll need help with this self-drive leg.
0: Any predictions for next week, Michael? I mean, we're getting to the point where we're going to pretty much work out the non-elimination structure. So if next week isn't a non-elimination, it means the week after probably is.
1: Yeah, they don't like to use non-eliminations past, beyond final five now except on very rare occasions.
0: I think next week will probably be a non-elimination.
1: Do you think this was one of the betters? I mean, I think the one of the worst parts about this leg was the speed bump and the fact that...
0: They could basically do it during the rest period.
1: During the rest period, yes, and then they just go back and say, like, well, speed bumps already don't matter as it is, but that just took it to a whole new level. So even a five or ten minute deficit, it's nothing. They just did it during the night. All they get is a little less uh, shut-eye. And it's not like they're going to be woken up by people snoring after they get in or from uh, D'Angelo snoring because uh, they still had those headphones on. So that made it really easy for everyone to sleep at the rest period.
0: I do think it was a bit um, a bit irresponsible for production to just give them sleeping bags on the steps of Notre Dame there. They could have at least given them a roof because they filmed this in November. It was not going to be warm or dry in Paris in November. They were lucky there wasn't snow.
1: Yeah, I think it was just an un- an unusually hot day in Paris. So they felt, hey, let's let's not bother paying, you know, a few hundred or, you know, thousands of dollars on rooms for all the teams. Let's just, it's, it's a hot day. Be a nice, peaceful sleep. Everyone can get to know each other a bit more. Possibly get COVID too. So let's just put them all on the steps there. Give them nice sleeping bags and they'll be able to get through the night. It's probably easier too. It's less... uh It's less hassle to get Kaylin and Haley from the speed bump back to the rest period.
0: So we got anything else you want to say?
1: Um, No, this was an extremely linear leg when you look at it. I mean, the double death yield was quite the experiment. I'm curious to see if they'll try that twist again. Maybe they'll do it this season. Um, So far, we still haven't had any head-to-heads. It's a shame that we had the first fast forward appearance in a in a in quite a while since season twenty nine and no one took it. Gary tried to take it. Gary tried to eat it um were there any teams that we didn't talk about this episode? I feel like did we talk about everybody
0: uh we didn't really talk about Kalen and haley apart from the uh apart from the stupid speed bump. I think we talked about everyone else Riley and Madison we didn't really talk about
1: oh yeah riley and Madison. I always forget about those guys um Yeah, were there any Riley Madison highlights this episode? Um, Oh, at the watermelon, I remember the watermelon tasks. They were bumping it, they were spiking the watermelons because they did such a good job on it in Paraguay that they were just showing off this time. They like, well, we know how to make this, so they were just doing all of their volleyball tricks onto it. Um, They are a bit disappointed that there wasn't sand underneath when they were putting it together, but hey, you can't, as Mary Antoinette would say, can't have your cake and eat it too.
0: Yeah. So, thank you for listening to our Amazing Race 32 recap. We'll be back next week to recap leg number six. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are, rtvwarriors, or you can email us on contacts at rtvwarriors.com. Logan is on Twitter at logsuperquacky, and I am MJ Harmstone. We are also going to be back on Thursday to recap Belgian mole South Africa. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.
1: Peace out, and just chill till the next episode.